This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome back, because this week we're actually continuing on with part two of the conversation that we started last week, and we went right down the rabbit hole on who we are as individuals, asking the question, who am I, and then really sitting in the blank space. So this week, we're taking you even further, and we're exploring really who that is and how you can live from that place on a day-to-day basis. So sit back, relax, because here we go. That blankness of you, that's there all day, every day. You know it now that you're looking at it. You know that that's there, and it doesn't need for you to be aware of it for it to be present. It's there all the time. The only problem that we have as humanity is we're completely distracted from it by looking for all of the fulfillment outside of ourselves when the fulfillment has been there all along and it's there every moment of every single day if only we can turn our attention from outside to in let's just turn our, our turn our gaze differently my mum has a beautiful saying mm. before enlightenment scrubbing the floors after enlightenment scrubbing the floors so what you do isn't going to change you're still going to do 28 you're still going to do your oils because that's what brings you joy But the person or the perspective of you that will go on and do it from this point forward will be completely different. Mm. And what you create will be completely different because you're not attached to money, not attached to success, you're not attached to the outcome. All of that is occurring independently of you because, well, the you that's here now, because you're completely distracted by it. But the awareness of you was the creator all along because the awareness of you, what we bring it back to, I'm nothing, which means I'm everything. Mm -hmm. If I take all of the labels and I take all of my expectations of myself and what I should be and what society says I should be and what I'm competing for and trying to get, we take all of that away. What's left is the pure essence of the human. And the pure essence of the human is the creator of everything or the co-creator of everything you've been creating it anyway but now you just get to create it from a place of purity and absolute abundance because you just don't have any of those limiting beliefs you don't have any of that shit because it's just not necessary it's not you and it's been a distraction all along just because right from the very beginning somebody said money doesn't grow on trees right from the beginning somebody says you have to work hard in order to be successful and we got that as our ethos and of course that's what we've lived with but what if it wasn't true what if money did come easily and what if money did grow on trees we just never held that belief so what if we did but even that is still a belief that's just a conditioning and it's where we started this whole program was the collective consciousness of friday the 13th yeah yeah and if imagine if we all had a collective consciousness and and thought that way you know like you know kim you said that it sounds familiar and it sounds familiar to me too Mm. and I know I've experienced that and I talk about it too but in regards to health Mm. so I always if I can put it in a more physical way um, I always say you know we have the belief that 
a white pill will make us feel better, that a vaccination is what's going to cause our immune system to work or that we need external things to make us better mm. mentally and physically. In actual fact, if we can teach our children that the, the not number one, the faith in their body, mm. but that they have everything inside them in order to be the best that they can be oh. physically, mentally and emotionally. So... I, I yeah I feel that familiarity, but I loved the way you actually said that, Karen. It was just um, when I think of yeah. it in the context of health, you know, when I, I in my mind, and I'm not right. This is just a perspective, but when I think of it in the context of the health, of course we're sick, of course mm. we're fat, and of course we're overwhelmed because we're so misaligned. If you think of everybody running around trying to make things work by through external sources and course we're going to be so sick we're completely misaligned from the essence of the self mm. if everybody can become aligned with the essence of the self which is that blankness if everybody becomes aligned with that then the body naturally has its own abilities as you say to do what it needs to do like the body because the human is the co-creator of all that there is so if we are able to be aligned with that aspect of ourselves and everything that we want becomes a piece of cake and it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's not this struggle to be healthy. It's not this struggle to find ourselves. We're already there. Mm -hmm. We're already there. It's just that our, our attention is in the wrong direction. So, of course, we're completely misaligned. You look at every context of, of, of humanity, our relationshiping, of course, we're completely misaligned. We're looking to somebody else to make us happy. We're looking to somebody else to have us fulfilled. We look at it. We look at our homes to make us feel fulfilled, our children to make us feel fulfilled, our cars to make us feel fulfilled, our jobs and our businesses to make us feel fulfilled. We're completely misaligned. So, of course, our relationships are going to suffer. Our relationships with our children are going to suffer. Our relationships with money is going to suffer. Our relationships with each other is going to suffer. Our relationship with our food is going to suffer because we're completely mm. in the wrong direction. And our relationship with ourselves. Well, it's non-existent because yeah. the awareness is always there. So it never actually leaves us and it never forsakes us. But when we're misaligned, then there's no connection between us and us. So how can we possibly know what's right for our body? How can we possibly know what we should or shouldn't be eating? We're completely misaligned from it. I really don't mm. know if I'm explaining it. Properly. Oh, no, I think you've explained it beautifully. It's a disconnect with who we are, the right. essence of who we are. And yeah. I think it comes back to that thing of belief. Is it true? None mm. of it's true. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> is it true? Nothing is true. Mm. Nothing mm. is true. It, I'll read you what be I truer. I'll read you what I <laughs> wrote. Not. All right, let's let's hear this. Or not. <laughs> or not, yes. <laughs> As Byron Katie says, or not. Or not. <laughs> when I finally got it, I realized there was nothing to get. And when I finally saw who I was, I realized I was already everything, all the time, always was, always will be, everything. I found out that the riddle of life was never a riddle. It was just an illusion. I made it up with all of my beliefs, my stories and my projections, and the peace, riches and potency was mine all along. But I pretended that, I, that it wasn't, just that I would be like everybody else. I learned how to forget who I was and myself when I was about four, and so did you. I wanted the ease, the flow, the magic, and search just like you do. I looked under every rock in every room and every experience. I need to find nothing. Exhausted, I gave up. I gave in. Just now, actually. Again now, and again now, and I'm giving in, actually, now. There's nothing to do, nothing to search for, only to be. And don't be tempted to finish the sentence with me or free. You're already that. You've never not been you, and you have never not been free. 
It's, all, it's the most natural state of being, which is the purpose of our existence. There's no other way to be, unless there is, and then you're trapped <laughs> in an illusion, which isn't really there because you made it up with all of your stories, beliefs, and projections, and none of it's real. You made it up. There isn't even a you. To call yourself by your name in first separation, which I got from Byron Katie, which you are not separate. There is no you and there is no me. There is no us and them, we or he. There is only the eternal and ultimate consciousness of which we are all a part. The essence of you, which you identify, is the same essence that I identify. And that same essence is in you and it's in me and it's in a tree. It's all the same fabric. There's no separation among us. There is individuation, but no separation. A wave is an individuated expression of the ocean, but it's not separate from it. One wave appears differently to another wave, and it occurs in a different location. However, it's never separated from the fabric of itself, which is the ocean, and as it is with you and with me. It is this committed view of separation that causes war, competition, angst, fear, anxiety, fighting. If I'm, if I'm separate from you, then I must fight for my space, my peace and my share. And you must fight for yours. And I will consider you a threat because the resources are so separated from me. There's no, uh, through this perspective, there's no peace ever. If we are striving for achievement and results, we're exhausted from the striving and, recover, and in recovery for only a temporary period until it's time to fight again. There's no rest for the wicked, we say. And it's true. The illusion is certainly a wicked recipe for a never-ending, ceaseless pursuit for fulfillment and also futile. Have you noticed? You never get what you're looking for, ever. You may achieve fulfillment, money, satisfaction, a win for a temporary period of time, but it's only ever temporary because the nature of achievement is more achieving, continuing to achieve and strive, all focused outside, believing that resources are outside and separate, and that feeling of satisfaction, ownership, creativity and success is consistently elusive because it's never enough. More is always required. That's the very nature of achievement. It's externally sought and externally rewarded. And the hope that there will be internal contentment, and there is, but only momentarily. There's no success that is apart from you, no money that is apart from you, no fulfillment that is apart from you. It is all a part of you. You are the source of everything. You are everything and all that is, is right here, right now. There is nothing other than what is right now that is required of you for you or from you. Whilst you're ferociously pursuing your fulfillment and success outside, there's a consciousness waiting patiently for your attention. Every experience is designed to bring you back to consciousness where all possibilities reside. This constant distraction of belief in competition, separation, fulfillment and anguish is the, constant, is, is the contrast designed to have you realize that what you're doing isn't working. To continue doing the same things and expecting things to come right is delusional and distracted by the illusion. Waking up is the opposite feature, which brings the attention from the outside to the inside and from things, from things to no thing, from full to empty, from scattered to clear, from fear to love, from separate to conscious and from everywhere to everything. There's a silence in you. It's the same silence in me. This is the fabric of consciousness where all questions are answered with ease, where the mystery of life unfolds without searching. 
It's the priority and the only source there has ever been that we are able to comprehend. Though it has been ignored because there's no way to know it by looking through our eyes, hearing through our ears, touching with our hands or tasting. Our conditioning has been external from the age of three to four and the beliefs have been handed down. Innocently, we've moved from heaven to hell and wondered why it keeps getting hotter where we are. The heat is an illusion. It is the belief that we are separate, that we are vulnerable and we are finite. This belief, along with the stories that are accumulated as a and the subsequent experiences they generate, keep the distraction intact, which is simply passed from one generation to another. Yet each generation allows us to go back to the beginning and start afresh. The illusion continues to prevail. For what? Corruption, control, domination are all a part of the, are all a part of the illusion of separateness. There is only consciousness expressing itself through individuations. There is no story, there is no truth, and there is no death. There is simply what is, and by the time you recognize the moment of what is, it's past. There is not a past, therefore there can be no meaning and no story. There is no future, therefore there can be no fear and projection. There is only this. Herein lies the peace of God. Was that a download, or did you know what you were writing? I don't even know. I just, yeah, no. Because no, I'm, I'm listening to it going, where, where did that come from? Like, I know you always go down the rabbit hole, but that's, like, I, I would have to listen to that quite a few times to mm. really understand. <laughs> I had to close my eyes through that whole, that whole thing but, just but to, what, to get the grasp. interesting? I had my eyes fixed on you the whole time oh, you were did talking. You? I had them closed. And then all of a sudden... Your mouth was was moving, and I heard words, but I heard nothing. Mm. And then I came back in and heard the words again. It was like I kind of, it was it was almost like a chant. A um, the only other time I've really experienced that is in the Himalayan mountains, listening to a whole lot of Buddhist monks meditating. At one point, they were chanting, should I say? And and I was trying to think of another experience where I've been completely. Um, I, I, I don't mean gone as in not present. I mean fully present, actually. I think that's probably what it is maybe then. It's, yes. that, it's that complete presence to yourself. Yes, and, without any story, judgment. And the mm. only other time I've really felt that was when I gave birth. Ooh, and when I, wow. when I, I mean, I had the pain and the... And then at times during the labour, I remember surrendering to it and thinking, I can't even control this. And mm. I thought I was in control. I couldn't control it. I didn't bake that baby and mm, mm. I didn't start the contractions. It wasn't me, was it? And yeah. I, had this, I remember having this conversation in myself in the middle of labour. And then when I finally pushed her out, the most painful part was her head. And I remember thinking, I can't do this. And it was done. Yeah, she was right. out. I can't, I can't, I can't. Done. She was out. And then when they picked her up and they handed her to me and I looked in her eyes, oh, I wow. just remember seeing nothing mm. but everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was everything. That's probably the most magical way to put it. I, not having had kids, I wouldn't know. But that, yeah. She was nothing but everything. Mm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was no longer I. I all of a sudden was the creator yeah, yeah. of a, an incredible 
But even then, I remember thinking, she's, I can't have created something. I, I, how could I have created something so amazing? That had to be that I was wonder, something greater than me. I wonder if in those moments, that's the beauty of that experience shows you yourself. Yes, maybe. And, and, and you're seeing the essence of her, mm. and it's an invitation to see the essence of yourself. And if that moment you see the essence of yourself... You know, the idea or the, the not the idea, the, the opportunity that exists is that we reside in that place all the time so that we don't actually reside in the distraction of looking outside anymore, you know, and it takes, it takes effort. It sure does. It definitely takes effort to constantly be bringing yourself back to the essence of who I am and I'm not allowed to answer who I am with thought. I'm not allowed to think about that. So then all I get is nothingness and then the nothingness, I go, all right, that's who I am. And in that sitting in that, then there's just no thought, there's no comprehension of anything. But then from there, everything is able to be born, but being born out of what's presently in front of me. So there's no more thinking of the past and projecting into the future. It's just what's presently in front of me. And in that moment, what presently was in front of you was pure existence and essence in and of itself. I just remember thinking as I held her, I just remember thinking she was godly. She, I, I so vividly remember, and the same with Jacob. In fact, it was even different with Jacob because now I'd experienced birth. So I was now having it with a different mm. feeling. But I will never forget that moment of holding both of them and being absolutely nowhere but everywhere. Mm. And nothing else mattered, nothing. Mm. And nothing meant anything to me, even if that moment had gone. In that moment, mm. I had that. There was there's just there's nothing that can describe that feeling. I can't even articulate. No, because language do, and that's why it's so challenging. And I was like mm. reticent to even talk about it because language can't articulate that because it's not something that it's not something you can speak of. And as you speak of it, it almost becomes diluted because the language is just so limited. It's it's so experiential and it's so personal. And I wonder, Yet it's so can, universal. Sorry, darling. I, I, you know, you sit there and you listen to women say, I'm fat, I'm ugly, my boobs are too big, my hair's too curly, we don't have enough money, we don't have this, we don't have that. And I sit there sometimes because everyone I meet has a story around or we all have that ability. And sometimes I just see their mouths moving and I just think it's just a tape recording. It's just mm. a dialogue that we've all become accustomed to that's universal that sometimes i that line life has no meaning and it has no meaning that it has no meaning i i go into emptiness with that that's where i go where i go you know when you go who am i and don't answer with thought or idea or, <laughs> or anything it's like life has no meaning mm. and it has no meaning that it has no meaning it's the, the meaning we the meaning of life is the meaning we give it. And it's all flawed. And it's an illusion. Mm. It's That's a the perspective. Illusion. Yeah. It's interesting. And when you get to our age and yeah. you get that. Yeah, yeah. And you go, bloody, bloody. <laughs> you know, like to get that. The beautiful part about it now, though, I look at it and I think, okay, so I'm 44 and I've got it. So I've still got a lot of years where I can live like I should have been living right from the very beginning. But also, I'm um, 
very experienced and I'm also very comfortable in my own skin to be able to stand and say this is who I am in a world of people who are distracted. And for me... Do you understand the role of a parent? No. <laughs> like, like I'm hearing you and I'm going, you're almost godly in the way you're talking. This, It's so spiritually amazing, but I don't know if I feel overwhelmed or absolutely at ease at the projections I'm putting onto my children without even realising it. And ah, yet okay, wanting yeah. them to express and live their truth. It's well, they don't know how to... Well, see, most most kids, most of us growing up, we don't know how to turn our perspective in. And we don't know what... We don't, how know, do how, we we don't know how to them. find that, that, that inner awareness. We don't know how to find that. And that's where language is quite limited. You have to give kids an experience of that awareness of themselves without thought. Without thought and without judgment and without a belief. And you do it in every aspect of their lives, that they have the ability to look within to find what they need to do in order to do whatever it is that they want to do. And whether that be, you know, like I always talk about... um, the innate intelligence of the human body. Look within for your physical, emotional, you know, needs, and that it's just about keeping on going with that. And I think but I know that allowed, they're not allowed to answer it with a belief or a thought. No, because those beliefs and those thoughts are conditioned. Mm. So they're only allowed to answer it. And I think feelings are a really good place to start. Like feelings is a really good way in to use as a guide. Whereas a lot of us do what we think we should do, or what would look good, mm. or what others are doing. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to relate to their lives that way. You know, just make that a game. Just say, don't relate to your life that way. What would feel? Uh, what would make your belly feel full, with joy and 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 and, and lightness? You just brought up a really good point. When I was in conversation with beautiful Franny that mm. day. Mm. I said to her, and all of a sudden, no matter what I said, didn't matter what she said, didn't matter how it was said, and at one point I turned around and I said, Fran, what would you want? What do you want? What would give you the freedom you want? And she got really emotional and said, you're the first person who's ever asked me that. Or maybe it was the first time she'd heard that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I think she would be very comfortable with me saying that because I had ahas listening mm. and being in that conversation Sometimes I think we need to get out of our own way mm-hmm. um, to allow that presence, that that stillness, that actually it's okay. I think we're afraid of being alone. We're afraid of being... Well, the interesting thing, you know, that I've never felt more connected, whereas before I felt alone because I was looking outside for people to support me, but now I've actually never felt more connected because now the essence of me, the awareness of me is the same as in you. Mm. So we've all got our stories and we've all got our experiences mm. and stuff. But you know what? If I ever thought I didn't know you before, I <laughs> like, you know, I, I so know who we are because that essence in me is exactly the same. When you feel it and you feel that blankness and you feel that, that essence of yourself, that awareness, when you feel that, that is exactly the same as mine there's no difference it's exactly the same so all the rest of the guff is just the stuff that we use to separate ourselves because we're conditioned to be separate 
imagine yeah, everybody doing it at the same time, which mm. is what you started out with, mm. 21 million mm. Americans Thinking who, about it. Yeah. who think Black Friday is a and bad day. And they stay day. in bed, and they stay in bed. You know, what's really interesting is that um, I, we have a container and I have a whole bunch of stored stuff in my container, and the other day I was in the container and I noticed my long keep keepsake box was um, was there. And I... Um, I'd like to read I'm so something that I, I I actually didn't write this. I obviously found a book. Uh, a lot of it I have written in this journal, but this is something I didn't write. But I kind of think it's what we're talking about if I know what we're talking about. <laughs> but I'm not really sure that, that I know what we're talking about. <laughs> but I want to read it to you because because I read it last night for the very first time since 1981. Oh, is that amazing? I love it is. That. It was 20th of the 9th, 1981 is when I wrote this. Today I want to do things to be doing them, not to be doing something else. I do not want to do things to sell myself on myself. I don't want to do nice things for people so that I will be nice. I don't want to work to make money. I want to work to work. Today I don't want to live for I want to live. I am what I am. I, be, I will be what I will be. I cannot make my mark for all time. Those concepts are mutually exclusive. Lasting effect is a self-contradictory term. Meaning does not exist in the future, and neither do I. Nothing will have meaning, ultimately. Nothing will even mean tomorrow what it did today. Meaning changes with the context. My meaningfulness is here. It is enough that I am to value. I am of value to someone today. It is enough that I make a difference now. Oh my goodness! Isn't that beautiful? That was 1981, and and I I oh. didn't. I copied this. I know I did, and I've got Hugh Pranther here. And if I can remember, I think it was Notes to Myself by Hugh Pranther. Isn't that amazing? Mm. That I haven't. Notes to myself by Hugh Pranther. And then I wrote, I've written more, but I just felt that when we were talking, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I read something like that last night. Oh, what amazing you brought it. <laughs> I know. And I brought it with me. I just, I don't know why I bought it. I just. Well, you know what? I think more people are ready to hear. Yeah. They have the ears to hear. Whereas I don't know, look at that, Notes to Myself, quotes by Hugh Pranther. Oh, it, it's still around. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. On goodreads.com. Oh, wow. So this was 1981. I, and you know what? I, as I was reading through this, I was in a library because what we did was that we were hiking through the Colorado Rockies and we would go to towns and we would be told to go to a libra library and research um, the environment or land management or something like that. And I must have picked this book up and, and written it down. So I was 20 days into my hiking because I started on the 1st of September 1981. He's got three books here. He's got Notes to Myself, then he's got The Little Book of Letting Go, a revolutionary 30-day program to cleanse your mind, lift your spirit, mm. and then How to Live in the World and Still Be Happy. Oh, now that's good. Wow. And he's got Morning Notes and Meditations. And then he's all, oh, no, he's got some more. He's got I Touch the Earth, The Earth Touches Me, and Love and Courage. Wow, he's written lots of stuff. Yeah. I wonder if this was his first book and I just, and it was a little book if I remember right. It was just a little thin book. And there were just things that I loved about it. So, yeah. Wow. There's this quote on my Oh, here we go. We got another quote. <laughs> that I read every day, every morning. It's in my bathroom. I am God. I am God. I am not different to God. I am the indivisible, the supreme, the absolute. I am being, awareness, and bliss. Grief and anxiety can never affect me. 
I am forever content. Fear can never enter me. We are one. Love all, serve all. Help ever, hurt never. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. It just takes the emphasis off. Hearing that and listening to you, it takes the emphasis off this treadmill Mm. called life. (laughs) And it makes you become... Well, isn't it Wayne Dyer that says no thing, which is nothing, Mm. becomes everything everything, everything. Mm. um totally. it's, it's that moment of complete Come, yeah it does it's just no it's, thing it's, everything it's the surrendering it, i don't know what it is but mm. all of a sudden I f- you feel such relief when you read that quote i'm like why do we complicate mm. it why do we get so hooked into this mm. story and then keep hooking back into it. Like, what is is that? You know what? So I have to ask you both this. So many people have a story. Mm. So many people have drama. Every I don't know anybody that doesn't go through life without the meat cleaver coming down at least once mm. or something shocking them. Into the, and you were all trying to find ways through pain as quick as possible and... Most people, or a lot of us, would actually say, I don't want to even feel the pain, or I don't want the ones that we love to feel the pain. And then there's all these books on awareness and, and personal growth, and, and you know, we're, we're like this, this massive beehive and worker bees constantly in and out trying to get it all done. And, and yet, I, I sit here sometimes and I think, is, it's not wrong. Is that part of being human, is that we actually don't have the capacity or the understanding or the desire to even want to be no thing, nothing? Is it, is it part of being a human being that we all experience this, that we are searching in order to find nothing? Is I would have answered that differently last week. Or maybe maybe not last week, maybe last month. I would have answered this question differently. So again, I'm not right. Um, the human condition is the way that we are now, as far as humanity is now, is lost, mm. and it's lost in the constant distraction, and things just are what they are. We give it the story, we've, we give it the pain. You know, from a universal perspective, the universe doesn't know pain. The universe doesn't know time. It never created any of that. We did. So if you go to the source of the creation, the source of the creation is man in its current state. So man in their current state created pain and created meaning, created the beliefs and created the stories, and then we pass that one to the other because stories are a wonderful way to pass culture from one generation to another. So the culture that we live in right now is a culture that is fed heavily on pain and struggle mm. and lack and loss. And then there, because of that, we have organisations set up to facilitate the group hug on that, which then makes that now more acceptable way of, you know, depression is acceptable. And I'm not putting anything down. I'm just saying it's what it is right now in the way of, of our culture. Cancer is acceptable. Heart disease is acceptable. Diabetes is acceptable. And being overweight. Yeah, being overweight. Anxiety is acceptable. And, and you're right. You and, are so right. And we're not, what we're, what we're missing is the source. 
and the source of the culture that we're in is misalignment to the real us. And science can even back up to say that they can't measure consciousness. They can't measure awareness, yet they do know that it is the source of all. Mm. They do know that consciousness is the source of everything. But they can't measure it, therefore they don't... Well, there's a massive, massive turnaround now coming through our, through our science, um, scientific studies. But still, it's not common mainstream. But yes, I think it is part of the culture. And no, I don't think that that's uh, in my view. And, you know, as I said, I'm not right. But in my view, I don't think that that is, I don't think that the seeking is the human condition. I think that the seeking is our knowledge that something better exists. And we know it. So we're in constant pursuit of it, but our eyes are just in the wrong direction. We're looking left instead of right. You know, we're looking out instead of in. But we're in constant seeking mode because we do actually know that more exists. We do know that a better life exists. That's why we're in pursuit of it. But we're looking for it in our experiences. And we're looking for it in our beliefs and our stories. And, of course, we're not finding it and then we die. You know, and I, think I think that's a really good place to end, and then we die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tragic. It is tragic. <laughs> really, it is tragic. I mean, if we, if we could end the seeking, and I honestly believe that this way of seeing things is the end of all seeking, because everything that you're looking for, you've got it already. You just didn't know. But then the question is, do we die? Well, no. Mm. Because consciousness just changes form. Mm. You see, so the ocean, if you think of the ocean as the platform, the ocean just changes form. It goes from a drop to a wave, mm. to a swell, to a peak, to a trough. It just changes form. So consciousness... The flat too, yeah. Yeah, so consciousness is, 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 is consistent. But again, you know, um, I think that's also beyond the realms of what we can know while we're alive. You know, a beautiful movie to go to is called A Fault in Our Stars. <coughs> yeah, you've just have, been to that, yeah, haven't you? Have to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the quotes in that is um, about the stars. He talks about the stars a lot. My thoughts are stars. I cannot fathom into constellations. You just, there's just so many. You can't even fathom. But one thing that I thought was amazing is our... They talk a lot about infinity. You know, we wish when we're in the goodness of life, we want it to last forever. Mm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's incredibly sad but poignant and touching and evocative and it's just beautiful. And it starts off saying this is a love story but it's not your normal love story. And they're they're cancer sufferers Uh. or or they're living with cancer. Oh, I've seen the shorts on this Mm. one. Mm. I I haven't seen it yet. This was really sweet. And this gives you a concept, I think, of what you're talking about. There are infinite numbers between zero and one. There's point one and point one two and point one one two and an infinite collection of others. Of course, there's a bigger infinite set of numbers between zero and two or between zero and a million. Some infinities are bigger than other infinities. A writer we used to like taught us that. There are days, many of them, where I resent the size of my unbounded set. I want more numbers than I'm likely to get. And God, I want more numbers for my man. 
that's her partner there. But I cannot tell you how thankful I am for our little infinity. Oh, how beautiful. I mm. wouldn't trade it for the world. You gave me a forever within the numbered days, and for that I'm grateful. Oh, how mm. gorgeous. You know, you can look at tragedy as a, as a, um, as a, the end. Mm. We can look at the mishaps of life as it's over, it's defined me, it's ruined me, it's... Or you can use it as a catalyst for the mystery. That's, it, the, the complete opposite can mm. be said, mm. or not. Or um, not. That's been my favourite line. <laughs> Every time I have an opinion, I turn around to my children at the moment, I go, come on guys, you've got to get dressed. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> it actually releases you. It, it does. It does. I'm leaving at eight, you guys can be ready. Or not. Or not. And we're all in the car. <laughs> Like it's it's amazing. That we we must say where we got that from, because Karen on Karen's couch, um, we were very privileged to be at the first um, live oh. show yeah. with um, a Skype from Byron Katie, yeah, who wrote the book Loving What Is, and she was the one who who was saying something, and then she said, "Or not." <laughs> And I went, well, you just negated everything you just said, you know. <laughs> it was perfect, though, the way, because it's exactly what you've been talking about, mm. you know, or not. I know, and mm. it, it, but it gives freedom. It gives that nothingness, because now I'm not attached to anything. And, and neither are they. And neither are they. And they're not, you know, they're not bound by, you must, you must, you must, you must. If they don't, they don't. And if they do, they do. And... There's only their own expression in that. You know, if the kids don't get ready and you're gone by eight, well, then they're in the house on their own and that's their expression of that experience and then that will be what it will be, you know, for them and then they might make a different decision the next day or whatever, you know. Not to suggest that that's necessarily the best way, but it's just more of an example of Mm. it actually takes the ties off everybody. Mm. Everybody's then free and everybody's free to be what their natural expression actually is. And imagine, you know, we've got this belief that um, spare the rod, spoil the child. And we've got this belief that children need to be disciplined and they need to be kept safe and told not to do certain things in order to keep them safe so they don't cross the road when there's cars and all those sorts of things. And, of course, that's true. But what would happen? What would happen if we allowed just a percentage, just a piece of the day to be free? or just a couple of hours of the day to be free, what would we then have as adults growing up? Would we have adults that are more self-aligned or would we have adults that are more externally reliant? I wonder. Good question. It's a very good question. Mm, yeah. So I think I think we've taken everybody down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I think so. Quite significant. I've been down quite a few times. I'm not even sure if I'm up yet. <laughs> well, it's time to come up for air. <laughs> so, you know, it would be really cool to hear your thoughts on today's podcast and what you think about all of that. Yeah, it will be. Or better still, if you've got better language for it all yeah. or what your, yeah, what your opinions are and what your thoughts are. So if you want to post on this page, go ahead and you can put all your comments on all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Um, and you can also post your comments on all the w's.com forward slash the wellness couch. 
No, I got that wrong. I've got to do it again. All the W's <laughs> dot the she's wellness couch. She's still in it. Yeah. W's. <laughs> all right, out of the rabbit hole. Come on. Okay, so all the W's dot the wellness couch forward slash up for a chat. <laughs> <laughs> and join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. See you on the ride. Hi, Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show here. We had some incredible feedback last year that being at The Wellness Summit with a group of like-minded people made it just that much better. So this year, we've created a special group rate for 10 or more people to attend The Wellness Summit. For spreading The Wellness Message, you can come to The Summit for just 197 bucks. That's a saving of $100. And all you need to do is get you and nine other friends along to Crown Melbourne on Saturday, August 16 and 17 for this once-in-a-lifetime event. To book your group tickets and have the best time ever with your friends, go to www www.thewellnesssummit.com This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.